Innovation Overground, brought to you by Doug and Melissa. You want to entertain Tyler. The you want a giant oversized puzzle. If the puzzle's count. more than five pieces, I can't do it. Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing discoveries that we often hear about, but for whatever reason, don't seem to touch our lives. And we want to dig into what it takes to make some of those discoveries become actual things on a store shelf that will improve our lives. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by Unimed, the Technology Transfer and Commercialization Office for the University of Nebraska. I am joined by Joe Rungi. Say hi, Joe. Hi, Charlie. And Joe is a lawyer in our office who specializes in... What do you specialize in, Joe? Specializing crazy, Charlie. Obscure references. I do business development and startups. Crazy ideas, indeed. Uh, and I'm also joined by Tyler Share. He claims that's the correct pronunciation. It Thank is this you week. for waiting like three months to tell us. <laughs> You're Appreciate welcome. You. Appreciate you. <laughs> We're super close. Um, and he specializes in... I don't know, quietness, which works really well for a podcast. So thank you for being in the background, Tyler. My background is journalism, so that's why I ask all the silly questions. Joe, you have a very special message for Belvedere and Lawrence out there. It's good to be back. Please uh, leave a review for the podcast and please rate us. We're really excited to do this. And your ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast. Indeed. We want to spread the word about this. And so help getting the word about what we're doing helps us tell more and more stories about what academic universities are doing uh, throughout the nation and improving lives. And academic universities as opposed to non-academic universities? I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, with it that sounds said, great. Though. I don't know. It's just it's just word salad at this. You've point. got me convinced. Uh, <laughs> you got to so, talk. Uh, you know what? Speaking of universities, though, I think it's about time we went over e-learning. I think it's this new wave or new way of you know getting people to learn stuff. You know, they're doing the they're, they're learning stuff on the intertubes. I know it's right? YouTube, right? You can learn anything on YouTube. Right. I know. I can. I, can, I replaced a carburetor on my lawn. I was going to say I could fix a car. I mean, well, in theory, I've tried it, and it, I, nothing goes back together the way it's supposed to. But That's the video we did. Um, I didn't make it down the road, but, yeah. <laughs> but I fixed it. So, I mean, oh, I fixed it. So I don't know if we need to hand, you know, look at it from the intellectual property standpoint of it or the translational part of what we're doing, but I know we've got some e-learning modules at the university here. Right. Um, Joe, you've been working with that mainly. Yeah, we um, – universities are in a spot, actually, because, you know, we are – big buildings where people come to learn from the feet of learned individuals when in reality, you don't have to do that anymore. You can Skype in. And, and universities love to plant that gold shovel in right. the soil and you know ground break ground on a new building and get donors to... But that's what's really exciting about e-learning. Now the university isn't a place. The university is sort of a concept that people can go to on the internet. And I think there have been companies that have been really successful in this sort of distributed learning model. If you look at Coursera or Khan Academy, there, you know, you're able to go learn it, and even universities, right? I mean, I know that several prestigious universities now offer introductory courses online for free, and that is really cool. I it think that, cool. you know, one of the things that's, you know, while there's a, a downside to this for us, for sure, or share, um, there is a uh, <laughs> Tyler for Tyler. <laughs> there, there is there is a, a real upside to it, right? I mean, if you think about you know college, it used to be something that you have to spend a lot of money on and, and spend a lot of time on, and, and now anyone go to college at night at home 
on a laptop. And so that, that that's good. I mean, that is a good thing. I think that the downside of that is, though, is that it's also really wild, wild west, right? I mean, if you take full responsibility for your education, you know, that's one thing when you're learning English literature. It's another thing when you're learning, you know, chemistry and toxicology and, and want to be able to be proficient. And so there are new challenges that are sort of offered by all these things. And especially at the medical center, where we certify people to, you know, do physical therapy and become doctors and dentists, it's you, important that we know those people understand things. You're, you're talking about the, uh, you know, if we're doing important or maybe more impactful, say, learning. Yeah. Uh, that you made me think of these garage or basement scientists who, who can basically buy all the supplies you need and do their own experiments. Right. They're not really, I don't know, maybe not classically trained. I don't know if that's the right word. Is that is that at all a factor here? Am I going off the rails? No, I, I think there's a difference between, I think, Maybe the point you're getting to is there's a difference between being a basement inventor making a perpetual motion machine and being a basement <laughs> anesthesiologist who's yeah. got to make sure you wake up from surgery, right? <laughs> well, and I've, I've seen that there are people that are, God, what? Biohackers. Tyler, Tyler, biohackers. Biohackers. Yeah, you yeah. sent me a clip about these guys are these people. I okay, I don't know guys. what this is. You can so. inject yourself with CRISPR. Yeah, these people are doing weird CRISPR experiments like in their garage. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely on Okay, I'm against list. e-learning now. This is, <laughs> I don't know. This is sort of this is a huge flipped. tangent, though. So have we? Have, I, I've, I've totally left the reservation, right? This is maybe a different topic. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. Let's talk more about e-learning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just... Uh, so you, you talk about, though, if... It seems like if you're not following a, a predicted course of study or something, that it's somehow maybe has the, the maybe has some sort of stigma associated with it, or maybe not the the clout that you would normally get with a more traditional. Education. I think clout's a, a definitely a way to, to look at it okay. because there's a there's an understanding, right? U.S. News they still do the definitive college rankings, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and like who knows like what that's worth, right? But at least you have some understanding that you know you go to the University of Nebraska. They've been there a while. They've been educating people. They know how to teach English right. literature and, and all those sorts of things. I think if you you know learn something online, then the certification itself is a little bit different. I mean, I think all education, right? It's what you put into it. If you spend your night learning how to rebuild lawnmower engines on YouTube and you really work at it, you're probably going to be a better engineer than even if you go to a good engineering school and sleep through your classes. I mean, just being there isn't enough. It's, it's sort of that effort. Yeah, so there's a big trust factor is maybe what you're getting at too, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, so that I, yeah. I'd, I'd trust a product coming out of a university lab more or a, a pharmaceutical company more so than I do trust the same product being made in my neighbor's garage. I went down to Barnes & Noble <laughs> and I got some pretty sweet chemistry books. Right. <laughs> I could test your blood for you if you need if you need for want me to. <laughs> I do. I really, really do. But if no, the I, price is right. <laughs> how much? <laughs> but we're still talking about getting that name brand sort of education though with e learning, right? Well and I think also it's expanding it because uh, you know the origin of like medieval lectures was because only one person knew how to read, you know, so everyone would go and listen to them read a book. <laughs> And and still like that is such a big part of education at the university. I gotta tell you, I'm a pretty awesome reader. You are. I tell you, I, you should. Hey I Charlie, do. you want to take a victory lap and read a few <laughs> things for us? He's oh. also the only person that can read Latin. I am not room, the so. only person I read in Latin, but I can oh, read Green Eggs on. and Ham for the kids. Like you wouldn't believe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, so 
one of the things is is not just the trust factor. How do we sort of keep the reputation in the university but still do online learning? It's also how do you use the technology of online learning to make learning more interactive? And a really good example of that is something that Tyler's actually been working on. Tyler, do you, do you want to speak a little bit about some of the PT modules that are currently being developed at the University of Nebraska Medical Center? Sure, yeah. So uh, one of them is for physical therapy and more specifically range of motion uh, training. So this is uh, this was developed in collaboration with Betsy Becker, uh, a faculty at the Med Center in the College of Allied Health Professions. So what she do that was so great? I mean, how is it different than, than what you get in a normal classroom environment? Yeah, so it's not necessarily significantly different, but the fact that she well, was able thing, then, to isn't it? yeah, that is a really good thing. Yeah. So the fact that she was able to to condense um, some very essential uh, procedures, um, how to how to do them, um, into into video into a very interactive online platform that students uh, can access on their own free time. Um, uh, she's found uh, this has been implemented now for a couple of years at the med center, and we're finally sort of um, sharing it now with other universities, and then we'll maybe be selling it at some point in the near future too. Um, but she's found that uh, that students who who go through and spend time in these online modules, this suite of modules, perform better on exams and feel more Wait, confident they- actually interacting with with patients. As a patient, though, I would feel better about a, a PT who. Who, and by PT is physical therapist, correct? Physical therapist, yeah. yeah sorry. So, so I, I would feel better about my PT then if they if they came out of like a more traditional thing. I was like, wait a minute, you took an online class, so yeah. I, so I, I don't know. I just don't feel like I would be. I would have the the faith or the confidence in the in a student that was educated. Yeah. In so that way. So how do you fight that? That's a good question. So there's so there's multiple ways that this content could enhance learning. So it could it could fit into a a. a physical therapy assistant program, maybe at a community college. It could be, so it, it could, it could, uh, it could be content that they use to help kind of train um, some students who would maybe go on from that PTA two-year degree into a full PT school. That can be kind of a precursor. Um, it could, it, it can be used by faculty. It's kind of the other side of the equation here is that uh, med school faculty um, are generally a lot of them are also practicing physicians and clinicians as well. So right, they right. Um, anything that can help um, help them provide meaningful um, educational content for their lectures that also saves continu- them some time too. So we're talking about continuing education aspect for those guys, for those people. Well, yeah. So so yeah, that's a good point too. So I was actually thinking more. This is this is content that they could use that's been vetted by maybe a trusted source like the University of Nebraska that they can trust is good content. They can use it um, and still frees them up to be seeing, uh, to spend more time actually seeing patients in clinic as opposed to having to spend hours developing their own content. So that's also a benefit to us as, uh, as potential patients and to the students. But also then you're right, there's another possible fit would be in um, the field of continued education um, or having to having to get certifications or all, all that sort of um, professional maintenance as well. So I think what Tyler says, especially with e-learning, has been one of the things that we've really discovered, that there are all these opportunities for people to learn something or relearn it or prove that they still know it. And e-learning is not just simply, you know, what is it, garage biohacking, right? It, it's it's <laughs> learning how to do garage biohacking. It's getting recertified for, you know, injecting yourself with CRISPR. And it's, it's you know, later on. Is it a two-car garage? Is it a single-car garage? Right. A lot of these things go into it. Yeah. You know, it, 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 you need to be able to kind of better, if you make education 
not this thing you do in your 20s, right? But this thing that's always on the internet, then it expands and, and lets people oh, sort of do. Idea. Right. Because yeah. it's sort of continuously present. And so I think Khan and, and Coursera, they're, they're disrupting the education model, but really they're kind of blowing up the entire notion of education. That education yeah. is something you do throughout your life. And because it's just always there on the internet. And I know for me, uh, to maintain my law certification, I have to do so many hours of legal education. You know, most years I do that all online or a lot of it online. I'll, I'll teach a couple of courses and then, you know, that's it. Last year I went to a conference and I got all my CLEs for the year done all at once. And that was really weird for me because I hadn't done that in years and years. And it just feels wrong because, like, <laughs> I haven't done anything since I, I went to that conference. I'm not going to. And so I think that it's a, it's a good illustration that, you know, if you sort of maintain that education habit and have outlets to do it, it's really beneficial. I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention, sorry, that we do yeah. um, we do have a whole program, the e-learning program, um, here that uh, that is that is headed by by a Peggy uh, Moore who helps support all the all the faculty um, as well to help create all this content. So there's a real awesome supportive team within the College of Graduate Studies um, that does this. So how does how does Unimed fit into this? Uh, that's what I'm not clear on. How does this fit into tech transfer? So for Betsy's module that she developed, there's tons of new intellectual property. They film videos. They wrote a bunch of content. There's a little bit of code that goes into the computer to like run our quizzes and stuff like that. So that's all intellectual property that we so created. We're, so we're not talking about a simple like PowerPoint slideshow here. This is a, a pretty right. it's a deep yeah. deep dive it's, into these topics. There's media, a lot of media yeah. involved. Interactive content with with um, quizzes that pop up in the middle as well. So you get quizzed in real time on the content. You can get feedback then in real time on how well you're actually picking up on the content too. I'm just curious what this means for like the future of education. Does it, do, I mean, do we look dramatically different 15, 20, 50 years from now? I think so. I think that, you know, you're going to have, I mean, you know, I'll teach classes on campus now and then, and, and the model now is, you know, you, you don't just show up for a lecture and then do your homework. You sort of read the book ahead of time and then do interactive activities. And, and I think it's a much better model, you know, than when I was in school, that's for sure. And I think that kind of engagement is just going to become something students expect. And so these online tools, they're illustrative of a better way to educate. And I think if you keep the content engaged, people will continue to do it. I mean, I, you know, st for certification in professional, um, in various professions, if the content's engaging, you already have people who are interested in it, right? They, they want to keep doing it. So, you know, find new and interesting ways to reinforce or educate them in new ways. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be a huge shift in education, <clears throat> in, in particular in medical education. Um, it's going to be in all areas as well. But you know, So, I mean, we, we, we've gone from uh, an overhead projector to basically a fancier overhead projector using PowerPoint. It's, yeah. it's not really a big mode shift. This is a big mode shift. And also the way that we that we grade. So the, the hot topic in medical education is all about competency-based training now. So it's not just memorization, not just rote memorization anymore, but it's actually letting people progress through their education at their own pace when they, pat, when they prove that they're competent in performing certain procedures or skills. I think, so, I think ahead, the challenge for us at the tech transfer office is you know, the university is at the lead of trying to develop products to do this, and commercializing them isn't, as, isn't the same model that we normally have. It's far more entrepreneurial. It's far more, you know, university taking the lead in the business. And so how do we 
as the tech transfer offices, intellectual property and, and business development people, how do we participate in the creation of those modules in a way that adds value? Yeah, the cool thing too is it sounds like there's a whole lot of people that benefit. I mean, I, I wonder how many people out there you know, are intimidated about going to school or going back to school or continuing school because they feel like they might be too old. They might have aged out. You know, uh, I know I felt I went back to grad school when I was in my 30s and I was intimidated by being surrounded by so many young people. Um, and I just wonder if there are other people who just didn't do it for that reason. And then there's also a distance element to it. I wonder, oh, sure. I mean, this sort of democratization of, of education sounds like a really intriguing idea. I think that's a perfect way to say it. Um, so on that note, let's, uh, I think it's about time we come to ground on this. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for Tyler Scher and Share. Joe Ronke, I'm Charlie <laughs> Litton saying thank you and join us again for Innovation Overground.